Hello all. During this quick pause before the season one finale of Music Rewind, I'd like to shamelessly plug another podcast from the Sidereal Media Group. Cinema Decon is a podcast that features myself as the co-host, along with Aaron Harned, as we revisit classic movies from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Popular episodes so far have dove into The Three Amigos, Idiocracy, Hackers, and our most recent episode, Critters. The conversations are a lot of fun, and it is always a blast to revisit that era of film. Please enjoy this episode of Cinema Decon while you wait patiently for the next episode of Music Rewind. Billy Zane, which is probably my favorite part of the movie. Hello and welcome to the 12th episode of Cinema Decon, deconstructing and overthinking the movies of our younger years. My name is Steve, and on this podcast, we will revisit the movies that we keep in the back part of our minds as flawless masterpieces, untouchable by any criticism. And hopefully they stay that way. Join us as we rewatch a randomly selected movie from our list of 300 plus from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. With me on this journey is my co-host, a card-carrying member of the Johnny Steele fan club, Aaron. How are you tonight, Aaron? I am doing pretty good there, Steve. It is definitely good to be back in the airwaves after such a long time, that's for sure. And I am definitely getting uh, really itching to get back into uh, watching the movies on our mega list with all that free time, I know. Yeah, free time. Uh, it's been a couple months since we've been able to meet up. So, uh, yeah. you know, ho- holidays and family events and, you know, corporate acquisitions and, you know, you, you name it. It's kind of happened over the past and couple sacrifices, months. Dogs and cats living together, you know. Yeah, exactly. But we finally got back to it. Our fans demanded it. Yes. And we wouldn't want to uh, disappoint our fans. However few there are. But the ones out there, we love you. A fan is a fan. When we started this, we were surprised when one person listened. So <laughs> any, anything more than one is a blessing. We, we did drop off the Romania charts after Good Night and Good Luck. I, I don't know. Maybe they don't like Clooney. I, I guess not, not as relatable, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to delve back into the, into the list and see if there are any more pro-Romanian. Uh, any vampire movies? Not to... <laughs> not to uh, <laughs> is Van Helsing on here? If there's anything you know, globally loved, it's this week's movie, right? <laughs> oh, that is true. <laughs> we can't go wrong with this one. You, how can you not relate to this movie? <laughs> so what we do here at Cinema Decon is a rewatch of an old movie with the hopes that they're still as good as we remember. Then Steve and I meet up to talk about it, point out our highs and lows, and give it a rank on our mega list. Before we watch our target movie, we first record our memories and recollections of it. Then we proceed to go and watch said movie. So far, our memories have been both perfect and completely wrong at the same time. Today's movie is the 1986 film Critters, directed by Stephen Herrick, written by Stephen Herrick, starring Dee Wallace, Billy Green Bush, Scott Grimes, Terrence Mann, and Billy Zane. And anytime somebody says the name Billy Zane, I just think of Zoolander now. I mean, sure, Titanic, Phantom, whatever, but... I just think of <laughs> Billy Zane. See, my, my thoughts always go to Tombstone. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just that 
yeah, that scene in Tombstone where he's talking about Kurt Russell and he's like, uh, eyes closed to the sun. He has the look of both predator and prey. <laughs> this week's episode is brought to you by Black Hat Fireworks. Whether you're looking to celebrate the birth of our great nation, ring in the new year, or recategorize an alien infiltrator in suit, Black Hat will get the job done right. Black Hat Fireworks. So Aaron, what are your recollections of Critters? <laughs> um, just the little tribble-like balls of hate. That's what I remember. <laughs> it, it reminded me of just like evil porcupines. Yes, that's. <laughs> <laughs> they're just, they're just, I mean, if gremlins and tribbles mated, this is probably what they would look like. Um, but I, I honestly, I remember them. I don't really remember much about the actual plot of the movie. <laughs> Because it's, it's one of those, you know, I saw it when I was maybe eight or nine, so I wasn't paying attention to the plot. I was watching for the sheer scare factor the same way I would continuously rewatch Friday the 13th movies, even though I knew what was going to happen. It was just, I love I, I loved the, the, the frightening aspect of it. So I really don't remember much of the plot. Uh, I remember they're aliens. Oh, I wouldn't have been able to tell you that. It was something. It was something to do with like that. They were, uh, they were, and they were being hunted by other aliens. I think. Well, what I remember is is solely the the movie poster, where you've got this like green, ugly dude critter, you know, the yeah. porcupine looking guy, and that's that's it. Just this super ugly critter guy. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those. Yeah, back when back when uh, like blockbuster type places were big and you'd always peruse the uh, the horror section uh, of all the VHS tapes. There is one plus going for it. Billy Zane. Oh, seriously? Billy Zane's in it. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, a quick glance at the IMDb for it. <laughs> oh, yes. Billy Zane and uh, Scott Grimes, huh? Yeah, from uh, Band of Brothers. Yeah. And, uh, and most, the, more recently, the, the Orville. Orville. Yeah, yeah. He was one of the pilots, right? Billy Zane. <laughs> Anytime somebody says Billy Zane's name, it, it just uh, Zoolander pops into my head. <laughs> Zoolander. <laughs> because he's in there playing as himself. <laughs> no, Billy Zane. <laughs> Leave him alone. <laughs> All right. Well, we will go off and watch Critters. Ooh, oh, 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 oh. Go. Just go. These things, these critters. Come on, go. Dad's all torn up, and Mom's got like a harpoon thing in her neck, and they're getting bigger. Let's go! Charlie? Where's Jeff? Hey, you're Johnny Steele. Where? Huh? Where are they? At my house. Come on, hit it. Where? Charlie, you know where my house is. Who are you guys? We want the Krites. The Krites? Critters, Krites. You're not from around here, are you? Okay, okay. You help me, I help you. And we're back. We have watched Critters on a initial thought pre-watch uh I, I listened to that again and uh and we nailed it and by we i mean you 
uh, I remembered absolutely nothing about the movie other than the VHS cover, but you kind of had the plot exactly right. <laughs> Which is crazy because I, it, I want to say that this must have been one of those ones like back in the good old, like pre, even pre blockbuster days, but like the mom and pop VHS rental places that uh, like every week I just go get, an, uh, my mom would let me go get a new movie and I would just go through horror movies like crazy. It's not so much I don't think she cared what I got is that she was oblivious to what I was getting. So I was getting some stuff that, you know, 10, 12 year old kid probably wouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't have watched, but it was great. It was all great. And I'm pretty sure this is one of those movies. And that's why, you know, this goes back with like the, the other ones about are on the same name as like Ghoulies and Cat's Eye and those weird off the wall horror movies that made up the, the great late 80s. Yeah. And, and I don't. I don't remember. My, I mean, again, my memory of those old horror movies is still the cover. Like I remember the Ghoulies cover. Yeah. But if my memory serves me right, this one, and we'll get to this towards the end, but is relatively tame compared to, say, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street and, and Ghoulies and stuff. So this is kind of a safe one for that that 10 year old range. And uh, when I went to watch this movie, actually, we did something a little different this time. Uh, I had some buddies over, uh, including my 14 uh, year old nephew who did not understand the concept of 80s horror movies. And oh, <laughs> I don't think he still understands the concept of 80s horror movies because I'm pretty sure he was on his phone the entire time. Uh, this obviously not being an actual scary movie because, you know, nowadays horror movies are like the purge, Psychological. Saw, and yeah, they're, they're real torture porn is yeah, probably yeah. an app. I would say torture porn or the, or the psychological thriller. Whereas in the 80s, it was a huge thing to show off your uh, like set design and costume and puppetry and things like that because there was no CGI. Mm -hmm. So the better, the cooler you could make a bad guy look or and the eviler you can make a bad guy look without any CGI or anything like that. I think that was, that was kind of a big thing. Uh, that's why there was a huge boom in all these types of movies is because there were so many people that wanted to get their work out there and uh, show the world how crazy shit they can make. So did he like it, your, cousin, your nephew? Uh, he was pretty indifferent to it. He thought it was, he thought it was kind of boring. <laughs> so I digress. Uh, uh, that's funny. That's, that's a neat insight into the, the current you know, teenage mind. Yeah. Well, when, when we get another one, I, uh, I'll have to keep an eye on uh, our list. And when we get another one, I think he'll enjoy a little more. I'll have to do that again. You know, one thing that, that popped out of me, even just from the very beginning, was that it was New Line Cinema. Uh, it, you know, it was almost comforting to see that old logo. Right? Every time I see that, I think Nightmare on Elm Street. And I think Ninja Turtles. Oh, wow, yeah. But, like, I, I watched, so I rented tons of the, I rented the Nightmare on Elm Street movies so many times. And that's what I associated New Line with. And then every now and then, you'll see, because it's still technically an active name. They just don't put out much under that name. Lord of the Rings. Or at least not, not much. Like Lord of the Rings was under that. Uh, but every now and then a movie will come out and new, the new line logo will do them, which in, in my opinion is a really cool logo. The little bro, the little broken uh, film. Broken cell. film reel. Yeah. So movie starts out with, with uh, an opening scene in outer space and we zoom in on prison asteroid sector 17. Ah, yes. We've got some escape prisoners called the Kreitz. Yeah, it kind of just goes right into it. The prisoner transfer, it's like a prisoner transfer, right? And they lost one of the prisoners because these Krites, and at this point, we don't know what the Krites are. We haven't seen anything. This is like a radio conversation, the security officer. 
they lost a prisoner because the Kreitz were just eating everything and they had to thin the population. Yeah, pretty terrible prison. I mean, they, they kind of uh, escaped with little effort. Whatsoever. Uh, funny, funny note. I noticed like the prison warden uh, kind of looked like uh, what's his name from Doctor Who, like the the creator of the Daleks, Davros. Davros. I could see that. <laughs> yeah, could see that. that's the first thing I thought. I was like Davros. <laughs> see, I, I was thinking is same along the same lines, but in the uh, the Eccleston era uh, episode two, where they go to the end of the earth. Yeah, and there's that dude in the with the long head and the floating chair in that scene. And I, I was wondering if it's a one-to-one. I, I, I got to see him side by side, but it's almost like the same yeah. guy. I haven't seen that episode in a while. So there's a huge explosion and the Krites escape and steal a ship, which again, we still haven't seen anything. We just see the ship fly away. So yeah. God knows. Fly, fly away very, very slowly. And that prison can't hit shit. <laughs> it was, it was this kind of, no, this, is, this was no Lucasfilm, obviously. <laughs> it had some good moves as it was listing lazily to the left. Yes. <laughs> well, at least he knows a few moves. That's that's two references in one. <laughs> that means two things. But here we get introduced to the bounty hunters, though. So the prison yeah. has to hire out the uh, retrieval of these escaped krites and uh, hires two bounty hunters who, and I love these guys with their green glowing yeah. skulls. That was great. Yeah, they're just, uh, they're literally green man uh, with uh, no faces. They're just glowing green and they have like biomechanical arms or something yeah any, anything to make it look spacey in the mid 80s pretty much yeah that they could afford yeah uh and then they they were given the task of recovering or destroying the crime i guess it was destroying the crime at this point i don't think it was even recovering uh and but they don't get paid until they do and then boom 80s title car critter and then we then we zero in on Grover Bend, Kansas, which I assume is not real. I'm fairly it? certain it's not. Okay, You're, you are the Kansas ex- expert out of the two of us. Uh, it's not like I'm from Kansas or anything. <laughs> Grover Bend, Kansas, is a real place. Oh, is it really? <laughs> wow. Oh no, I'm sorry. Uh, I read that too fast. Uh, Grover Bend, Kansas, is not a real place. Uh, Great Bend, Kansas, is a real place. That I knew. And there is a Grover camp, but not a Grover Bend camp. So, ah, this, so they, that's it's kind of blended the two. It's it's right in the middle. You go from Great Bend to Grover, which I, I know where Great Bend is. I don't know offhand where Grover is. I know it's, it's in Douglas County. It's just north of the gateway to hell out of Lawrence, Kansas, right? I might be for all I know. And I will agree with uh, Supernatural's rendition of, of Lawrence. <laughs> that's why our fans tune in. It's all the random references. <laughs> but yeah, we get a typical family. Uh, I don't know if we ever get their last name, do we? Uh, the Browns. Is Browns? Uh, the Brown oh, family. Yes. It's the Brown family home. <laughs> Immediately, with uh, a young Scott Grimes trying to uh, uh, trying the old uh, water hot water method to fake his temperature <laughs> uh, to keep from going to school. Yeah, it comes out as one hundred and six. <laughs> <laughs> The prognosis. Well, son, you're boiling. <laughs> we got the dad on the farm. We got the, the daughter on the, the phone, sitting next to the phone. Just your basic farm family, as stereotypical as you can get. A phone that's on the wall, nonetheless, which uh, maybe that's something that threw off my uh, 14-year-old cousin. Why, 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 why do they have the, the phone chained to the wall? <laughs> the hell is going on here? 
It, it goes with that old ass fridge they had. They had one of the you know, <laughs> nuke the fridge style. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, electric the, Indiana, the Indiana Jones special. Yeah. I don't remember getting it, but it, was that one of the ones that had like a lock on it where you could actually lock it? Um, those, those old ones had like key locks where you could actually close Some them. Did, and lock yeah. them. Yeah. I don't remember. That's why that they always one. told us as kids don't climb in refrigerators, It'll get locked in. Could save you from a nuclear blast, though. That's true. But we all we do get the first mention in that scene, and I, st- I started to keep track after a while, though. There's a bowling tournament tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very big bowling tournament tonight. That's like the first mention. Yes. <laughs> and that, that, comes up, that comes up a lot, and I love their bowling shirts. I'll just I, put I that have out a right comment now. on that. Yes. I want, I want that bowling shirt, but we'll get to that. Next up, we head to the sheriff's station, meet the local, uh, local sheriff. At the station is where we get the first introduction of Charlie, the town weirdo uh, yeah. and town drunk. drunk. Yeah. Yeah. The end is nigh guy, basically. Yeah, he, he wakes up pretty chipper for having to spend the night in a drunk tank, but mm-hmm. and pretty pretty well, wild. That's because he wasn't drunk. He was receiving radio waves from the aliens, so, which is why he had to get up and tell them they're coming. I'm getting them through my feelings just like last time. Has a wonderful comment out there. Yeah, and John Travolta was a waitress in Florida. But the uh after those quick introductions, we get one of the best scenes in the movie to me, which is back on the bounty hunter ship. So the bounty hunters are heading towards Earth, and, and this is where things start to get a little, little crazy. They're getting a, a voiceover from the, the warden saying, you know, don't be so destructive. Here's info on shit on Earth's database. But in this data drop of what Earth is, you get the wonderful video of Power of the Night by Johnny Steele. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which is just a uh, stereotypical '80s hairband music video. It was it was so bad. <laughs> I mean, it was so bad it was good. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually finished the music video and you could probably find it. It was him singing, uh, even just those, because all you ever hear is the chorus in the movie, but the, uh, the guy that played Johnny Steele, uh, Terrence Mann. Uh, but the best yeah. part of the scene, though, is so he, the, one, the main bounty hunter chooses Johnny Steele as his face, and you get a really cool transition of uh, special effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's a long scene, it's almost a uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark type where it, it, the green melts away and you've got the skull and then it rebuilds itself. And then he's Johnny Steele. And then it rebuilds him. Yeah. That was really cool. So it was, it would, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was shot the same way Raiders of the Lost Ark was just uh, first shot, the first part in re- forward and the second part in reverse. Yeah. Kind of thing. I was not expecting that at all. Yeah. That was, that was really cool. Uh, side note for anyone interested, you can want, uh, get the entire Johnny Steele Power of the Night on YouTube. All four, four minutes and so many seconds. There's a couple different versions. Uh, I don't know if it's an actual video video, or, but it's at least the audio. Power of the Night. I'll check that, I'll check that out. <laughs> Such an 80s name too, Johnny Steele. <laughs> oh yeah. It's a wrestler name, man. Johnny Cage. <laughs> so then a, a troll message comes in and of course Charlie thinks he's hearing it through his feelings. And then they and that's when they find out Charlie works with the Brown family. 
Yeah, so he's their he's their farmhand and is relatively negligent in his duties. Uh, spends most of his time goofing off with Brad, who we learn is a full-on pyromaniac. Brad, who is uh, played by, like you mentioned, young Scott Grimes. I'll, I'll just say here, he carries the movie. I, I think Scott Grimes did a wonderful job playing a, just a young teenager, and he, he carries the whole thing. I agree. So we're, they're back to the farm. Uh, Jay's working out on the truck while, they're, while Charlie and Brad are blowing shit up. And then Charlie breaks Brad's slingshot. Uh, when he tries to fix it, he tests it by trying to hit cocaine, misses, and snaps uh, the sister, April, right in the ass. Which, of course, he does the, the typical, hands it to the kid, that he did it. Yeah, let's, let's shoot the slingshot directly at the cocaine, which is directly in the path of the sister, dad, Billy Zane, and his Porsche. That's one of your top firearm rules, man. I always know <laughs> your target and what's behind it. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a bit too easy of a setup there. Uh, I mean, at least set up a ricochet or something. You know, you didn't have to line it yeah. up directly there. <laughs> that, that or they're, they're pretty much just trying to tell you that's how dumb Charlie is. Yeah, yeah. but we did mention, uh, we forgot to mention, Billy Zane comes in with a ponytail. Ponytail Billy Zane, which is, <laughs> which is probably my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> just seeing Billy Zane with a ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> that's li- my note my note literally says billy zane with a ponytail yeah that i got up. the same thing <laughs> uh new york license plate uh two gr8 two great gr8 and then around it is uh the with the license plate cover says i don't give a shit what your other car is <laughs> <laughs> that and that that's uh whole gimmick just reminded me of like adventures and babysitting the whole the whole thing about the boyfriend that. the boyfriend's uh uh I can't remember what his license plate was, but that was a whole plot point of uh it was easy to spot his car because it was uh, you know kind I of remember a past nine yeah. little thing. And it was uh it was Brad from uh, or it was uh uh Josh from West Wing. I can't he was the boyfriend in that? Yeah, he was in Adventures of Babysitting. Really? Yeah. Uh, Bradley Whitford? Yes, thank you. Oh, wow. I did not. Wow. I didn't know that at all. Been a long time since I saw Avengers and babysitting. All I remember is the them climbing up the Prudential building and the little girl had a thing for Thor. Between that one and Revenge of the Nerds 2, I think those are the first, the only other two like 80s ones that I've seen him in. Yeah, I guess Billy Madison was 90s. Oh, yeah. Business ethics. Business ethics. <laughs> Look at those old man balls. But we're getting off topic but, here. Yeah, yeah. So but back, to, uh, back to Critters. I, I will say uh, it's a good good setup early, though. Brad taking the rap for Charlie. And yeah. Charlie did it, but even though Charlie is a terrible And there's, obvi- and there's obviously adult. some animosity between him and April, uh, the sister. Like, April is the one that narked him, narked him out for trying to fake being sick earlier. It sets up your typical, we hate, we're siblings and we obviously hate each other kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, typical brother-sister rivalry there, especially when they're both teenagers. And then we get a, a nice uh, transition where you hear in the background the power of the night, streets are calling. <laughs> but we get to uh, the uh, a nice dinner scene with uh, boyfriend Billy Zane trying to be polite and, you know, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. And April not <laughs> April trying to get a little handsy. Yeah, she's she's quite horny. Yeah. 
You promised you'd take me for a ride. (laughs) (laughs) Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. We get the third mention of uh, there's a bowling tournament tonight. (laughs) Wish I'd have written that down. (laughs) I never caught that. But as a as a parent, I did enjoy the uh, the mom and dad talking. Like, have you talked to her about you know? And the mom's like, years ago. (laughs) Yeah, you can see the light rain from his face when when he says that. (laughs) He's like, years. And that, yes. that is a, a fear I have for having a young daughter. All the, all the while, uh, Brad is up in his room, uh, basically building an ultra mega black, uh, ultra, I listed it as an ultra mega black hat firework <laughs> by just taking all the black hats and making it into one. And honestly, if you don't do this with black hats, then you're pretty much wasting everybody's time. They're not meant this to be. This is true. Yeah. A, sing, a single one is nothing. Yeah. You're supposed to do a magazine load at minimum. But yeah, he got uh, he got sent to his room because of the slingshot. So he he got yeah. no dinner and stuff like that. Yeah, the the sister and Billy Zane they go outside and he lets her drive and they literally go about fifty yards and they stop and then they go into the yeah. barn. It's like why why even let her drive? Yeah, she she drives into the barn, steals his keys. <laughs> She's definitely running that running that little hookup. And then he's allergic to hay. <laughs> <laughs> For what he's given, Billy Zane does a great job in the you know short screen yeah. time he's got. <laughs> this is when we find out that Brad gets his slingshot confiscated until further notice and gets grounded with no movies for two weeks. Uh, to which Brad says, "All right, screw it, I'm I'm out of here," and then uh, sneaks out the window onto the roof. Which is already, and I'm just going to go into the screenwriting here. This is good writing because that's a that's a good early setup for his access into and out of the house. Yeah. It's a good callback later. But we haven't forgot about the Kreitz because now is about the time we actually start seeing them. Uh... Yeah. Now the horror, the horror movie portion kind of starts to get in motion. Yeah. Horror with horror. air quotes. <laughs> air quotes. I don't really know what this means. <laughs> you know, if, if this is, and now that I'm thinking about it, it really reminds me a lot of Tremors. I mean, it's a horror movie, but it's just... It's a horror comedy. Horror comedy, yeah. Whether it was intended to be or not. I mean, it could have been a, you know, a light horror... It was a light horror movie back in the 80s. It's definitely a horror comedy. Yeah, yeah, now. That's mostly because of the special. Well, it got like seven sequels. And so did Tremors. (laughs) And so did Tremors. (laughs) There's the Tremors saga. and See, now there's the crossover we need. Tremors versus Critters. We need that crossover film now. Oh, now that's a good idea. I'm dude. We need to call somebody with Bert. We need Bert Gummer and then Adult Scott Grimes to come back. We should be paid screenwriters. Story uh, by I don't know. You write it up good. You might even be able to swing Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Bring old Valentine back for some critter hunt. Nah, screw Kevin Bacon. I want Bert Gummer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so so the primary group is now split up. You got you got Brad who's sneaking out of the house. You got Billy and the sister in the barn. The parents are in the house. Charlie's on a road with his bike, and then the alien ship crash lands on Earth, all in one quick scene. And this was another yeah. Helen, mom and dad are in the house watching Johnny Steele on TV. <laughs> yet another yet another cameo of Johnny Steele. My mom is liking some Johnny Steele. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then the TV signal gets screwy right around the time the ship lands and causes some sort of earthquake we cut back to uh april and steve out in the barn uh the, the typical you made the earth move joke <laughs> already? <laughs> already? <laughs> <Are you> ready? 
as the uh, as the dad leaves the house to to check on what just happened, mom has to go in there with the fourth mention of the bowling tournament. <laughs> Don't be late for the tournament. <laughs> but he is wearing his uh, uh, bowling shirt now, which is a great bowling shirt. I love that bowling shirt. Yeah, is it was it made to look like Homer Simpson's pin pals? I don't. Uh, I actually don't know. Let me look it looked like one. a mix of of the the Simpsons pin pals one and a Ghostbusters logo. It was like a mixture of that. Yeah, because it was the pin busters. Pin busters. I think it was yeah, more a reference to Ghostbusters because the Ghostbusters just came out. I wonder if uh, the Simpsons eventually just kind of lifted that because I'm I need to look at them side by side. I never chance, but the uh, I, I'm willing to bet there. Simpsons did it. <laughs> I uh, I do like the relationship between the dad and Brad because he catches him climbing down the tree and he's like, oh, you do this now, too. And and the dad is not overly hard or, or you know, dickish to him. He, he understands him. It's like I get the dad's like, I get what you're you know, you're a 14 year old, no. you know, rebellious kid. Sure. You know, but you still got to be a nice kid. And so he, he under, the, the dad understands him. And I, I do. And all through the whole movie, I, I like their relationship. Yeah, that's true. He's not he's not the overly protective. He's just the I know what you're going through, but you still got to follow the rules kind of. And kind of and again, thing. good writing because that comes in later on when they're, you know, at their their lowest point. He's, they got to put their faith in Brad. So. Mm-hmm. So it's about this time. The critters are sitting there talking about their current status are obviously hungry. So they start eating a bull. It's a big ass bull for that farm. too. Yeah. <laughs> I made a note of that. I think it's huge. And this is around, around the time the dad and Brad come come a little closer because they can hear it. Well, there is a there is a quick cut scene where we meet Jeff the cop. Uh right. Poor poor Jeff, and then that he's actually the critter's first kill. Yeah, because he's he's sitting there trying to pick up grab the radio operator when he has to swerve to miss one of those crates rolling. Yep. Pretty much tumbleweed style through the uh, through the road. And he crashes into the ditch, and then uh, poor poor Jeff gets eaten pretty quick. Yeah, gets spiked to the leg and falls down, and then he gets drugged into the car. Typical ladies move. Yeah, never, never stand near near a car in the dark. Basically, yeah. <laughs> you'll get drugged <laughs> underneath it. One thing I did notice, speaking of tremors, like the, the critter cam, where they have the the point of view shot. Very, very reminiscent of tremors. This is true. Other than it not going underground, uh, a very good use of it. I like. It. Yeah, we yeah because they got that point of view shot where the critter's going up to the house. And then it spooks yeah, the cat and the mom in the, the kitchen. Yeah. And the, and the constant sound. That was, that was pretty good. I know. I should go pro. Yeah. Should have done the commercial and just all critter and <laughs> let people translate. <laughs> They've got weapons. Yeah. So the, the family knows something's up and uh, so they're going to go investigate. Helen's back in the kitchen and she drops a plate when one of the, when the cat gets frightened, uh, as she starts cleaning it up, she hears something and looks up and just these red eyes raise yeah. up outside the window. So that was, that was kind of a cool little thing. It's the subtleties in my opinion that, that make those kind of scenes pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, at this point we haven't even seen the critters in full yet. We saw the tumbleweed and then just the black eyes. That's it. Yeah, we, we still actually don't know what they look like. We know they have something to do with spikes, and they're obviously small. They can fit into the car. Yeah, except for the you know gigantic critter on the cover of the movie for anyone that saw it back then. You know, <laughs> you know the camera adds 10 pounds. So. That's true. When they posed for that, I'm sure it was a bad, it was a bad day. 
we get another quick shot up back in the bounty hunter ship who hasn't, uh, or I think they just landed, but they, number two needs a face. And he says, nothing yeah. likes me. Yeah. Number one, Johnny Steele over here says, find something. It was a weird comment. Nothing likes me. I mean, what the hell is that supposed to mean? <laughs> they don't, I don't explain know. I that if at it's all. like a scroll thing where they have to, uh, it has to be compatible with them. I don't know. Yeah, it's got to be something like that. Thing, the only thing I can think of. And then back at the farm, we've got uh, some more POV shots of the critters exploring the house. And we have a nice little trope of the, the family trying to call the police and the phones are dead and the electricity is out. Yeah. And he goes down to the cellar to check it and sees the cables have been ripped out. So either, either these critters are trying to just eat everything they see or they know what these cables are and we're specifically doing them to cripple the house to cripple their prey. Definitely not explained, uh, but it's no. it could go either way. But they just, it's not like they ate anything else specifically right there. I think they actually were like hunter, hunter type things where they knew this was electricity. So let's cut it and then they can't see and it makes them easier to prey kind of thing. But I think they're smarter. Uh, I, I think they're relatively smart. They at least understand the, that concept. I, I think so too, uh, because say they talk about weapons later on. <laughs> Yeah. So they, they, they definitely have a bit of strategy to them. They're not just like the tremors, just eating machines. Yeah. You can't, you can't picture them as just animals. Basically they're, they're, you know, sentient creatures. They just yeah. look like little tribbles uh, from hell at this point. Well, we get the, the first reveal of the critter when the dad shines his eyes in the flashlight or shines the flashlight mm-hmm. in the critter's eyes. And you don't really know. You just see like fur, rummaging yeah. and it could be a cat or a rodent or something but then no critter which again yeah and, and it's not it looks like fur but it's all those spikes uh, they're kind of mm-hmm. like little mini porcupine and they're they're shootable stingers yeah. which is yeah because cool. the dad gets shot and mm-hmm. so he's the kind of woozy and it's like a parrot yeah it's kind of a paralytic or some type of venom in it which they, they which they do recover from eventually, but it does yeah. kind of incapacitate them for a short time. Yeah, I think it's, it's just kind of a loose tranquilizer, one of those things. Yeah, uh, we switch back to the bounty hunters. They are going around. And they find the the deputy's body in his car. Number two is able to use his face, so uh, he assumes his face complete with the scars from being eaten, which is kind of yeah, literally zombie Jeff style. Yeah. And then they're tr- and then they go and sit in his car, and they're literally sitting there trying to figure out how to pilot <laughs> this uh, Caprice yeah. car, <laughs> which <laughs> and, and the and the weapons in there, like the shotgun. Yeah, big shotgun. Like number one, <laughs> it takes the shotgun and like fires straight at the ceiling. And when number two is driving, he just starts driving in reverse, and they never stop. They don't stop driving in reverse for a while. <laughs> because you know think about it if you've never seen one of these before and you found one way that works why why go push it yeah. so so their database for earth had you know the great johnny steel but there, apparently there were no videos of cars driving straight <laughs> but yeah you'd think some kind of buddy cop movie would have made it out there too but that's what you get you know what never studied it was stuck on mid 80s mtv it's what you get but now back to the barn where we get the great death of Billy Zane. Ah, uh, <laughs> one of uh, the, one of the best scenes yeah. of the movie to me. <laughs> Stereo goes out. Billy's trying to fix it and gets his fingers bitten off. 
Ugh. <laughs> and, and then two more critters jump on him. Yeah, he, he, first he loses his fingers, and then he runs into the wall, <laughs> and then he gets eaten by like several critters. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> April tries stabbing one with a rake, and it just eats the rake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, plan A, plan A. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it spun out of control pretty fast. It was pretty great. And uh, mm-hmm. Brad hears his sister scream, and without a, without a thought, he runs to help his sister. Brad is a good yeah. dude. Brave little guy. Uh, and as he runs out there, he sees more critters eating chickens, and uh, but still just keeps going to, to help his sister. And he goes and finds her, and she's basically keeping this one at bay with a broken end of a stick. So Brad, being the quote-unquote savior in this scene at least, takes his big-ass firework, lights it, throws it at the guy, which, which just eats it, of course. <laughs> and then... <laughs> the, the typical the typical cartoon yeah. <laughs> uh, i'm gonna eat dynamite explosion and then it, and then it just over. Over and dies. <laughs> so i taught i absolutely expected the thing to just explode and then it yeah. like burp you're you're expecting some crazy like slow motion explosion with guts everywhere but no it just yeah. literally just plops over <laughs> yeah I, I literally expected it to just explode and then the the critter not be affected and it just burp something yeah <laughs> that's what i was totally expecting when that happened i'm like so, oh he's just gonna eat this it's, nothing's gonna happen <laughs> what, what was your uh your nephew saying at this point i'm curious like, you remember? <laughs> i mean he was being pretty quiet during the movie he we were just getting his uh thoughts after the movie like we're all laughing our asses off and he's kind of <laughs> he's just sitting there like what is this shit <laughs> what, do I want? what the hell am i looking at when does this happen so yeah, we're gonna have to go something newer for him, or something better at least. Bring him in for Blair Witch Project. <laughs> <laughs> well, so next up, they uh, they hit the church, and there's a, a full church service happening late at night with the front door wide open for some reason. Yeah, why why that is, I don't know. Especially with a big bowling tournament going on. I mean, it's Kansas. That's how every small town in Kansas is. Just go with it. <laughs> Uh, and, and of course, we're reading from the book of Genesis about Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when the bounty hunters walk in, we're here for the Krites. Well, don't they, don't they like demolish the front canopy when they pull up? Yeah, because they don't know yeah. how to drive. Yeah, they don't know, they don't know how to break yet. <laughs> no. Yeah, so they, they demolish the front canopy. They walk in yeah. and, uh, yeah, we're here for the Krites. We're here for the Krites. And then uh, p- people start asking, Jeff, what are you doing? Everybody, Jeff, what are you doing? What happened to your face? Nobody recognizes Johnny Steele? Seriously? Well, it, the, the people that are going to be going to a full church service at night and not the bowling tournament. Fair point. They're not going to know who Johnny Steele is. Yeah, that's a fair point. They should. Number two then takes the priest's face. Yeah. <laughs> he, just, he just keeps picking shit that he likes. Like on the moment, that can freak everybody out. Of course, full full credit to the the three actors that play bounty hunter bounty hunter number two because they they get to have fun with playing the stoic crazy or the stoic bounty hunter who's actually is crazy because he blows shit up. But then also their normal town folk role, you know, they get to have a little fun with dual roles. And yeah. They do well. Can I make a side uh, make a side note here? So we never learn the actual bounty hunters' names in here. So we both assigned them Bounty Hunter 1 and Bounty Hunter 2. I find it humorous that we both assigned them the same number. 
Johnny Steele being Benny Hunter one. Number one. <laughs> There's a 50-50 chance <laughs> that we would have been mismatched on that. Well, I think that number one, Johnny Steele, definitely takes the leadership role of the two. And I would say he's the he's the senior and the other guy's the the rookie new guy. Which just goes to add that's they wrote it well to portray that. He's the, yeah, as that's him true. being the leader. Because we, we both obviously assume he was the leader. He's Bounty Hunter 1. I literally have him just called out in my notes, BH1 and BH2. Because I the hate number uh, Number one is the seasoned veteran, just a week away from retirement. Yeah. Two, di- two weeks to retirement. <laughs> this is basically like space lethal weapon. <laughs> yeah. We've, we got a horror comedy buddy cop movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that gives me an idea. <laughs> Oh, enough. All right. Uh, <laughs> back at the farm. Back at the, the farm. farm. Yeah, they switch back and forth quite a bit. Uh, yeah, back at the farm, we've got the uh, families on the offensive now. So, well, trying to be at least. They got they got a shotgun. The mom's all worried, but they they've got to do something. They know, you know. Obviously, Billy Zane's dead, so things shit's hitting yeah. the fan. They leave, and then the door accidentally locks when they try to leave. They yep. get to the, they, then they go check the vehicles. They got a truck that's all chewed up, and then they go to Steve's car. And the, yeah, and there's a, cr- and there's a crate already in there. Uh, Jay's tries to shoot him, and they roll out, chase him back into the house, which of course they can't get into the house because the door is now locked. Uh, Trope. Another one, yeah. Another one drops on Jay's shoulder, and Helen gets it off with a shotgun. Yeah, that, that poor dad, he got bit in the shoulder twice. Now here's the thing. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, was it the did the bites also cause the paralysis or no? The no, that was, was just, just it was just the spikes. Okay, just the spikes. Yeah. So just because uh, he in the cellar he got he got bit in the shoulder and shot with the uh, the 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 shard, and then here he just gets bitten in the shoulder again. Uh, he's a trooper. Uh, yeah. but then Brad seemingly bolts. When they can't get back in the house, he just takes off. Uh, say this is the call back to earlier where he's able to climb up the tree, climb in his own window, and then come down and unlock the door, pull them in. And this is when we get the wonderful uh, exchange of strategic analysis by the Krites themselves. Uh, they have weapons. So what? Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the, the, the hardest I laughed in the whole movie was right there. That was amazing. That's some good, that's some good dialogue right there. <laughs> <laughs> I left my ass off on that. Uh, I wouldn't have been surprised if, like, the nephew laughed at that port because that was great. I hope so because that was that was brilliant. That was that was a highlight right there. Next up, we finally get to the bowling alley. Yay! <laughs> yeah, the, the bounty hunters arrive, rip the door off, and take it. <laughs> I, I literally have a note and take an interest in the in the bowling ball, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Do you think he was like checking to see if that was a crite in disguise? Yeah, or that's the only thing I can think of is, yeah, he, he would assume the crites are little, little balls. So this might be something too. He throws it in the air and directly in the air and shatter the pin. Shatters all the pins. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Charlie's getting drunk in the bowling alley bar. And yeah. uh, so then the, the, the bounty hunters make their way into the bowling alley bar, piss off some locals fight ensues and then the one number two takes charlie's face now and then they shoot the tv i'm pretty much pretty sure the tv was also playing johnny Steele at the time 
Of course it probably was. I would think one of the rules of this movie is if there's ever a TV in frame, it's playing Johnny Steele's music video. A, to cement that he was very popular at the time, and B, because they couldn't think of anything else to do. <laughs> they spent all their budget on the facial transitions. <laughs> couldn't afford anything else. And then, uh, so Sheriff Harv gets called also, and now he's getting hammered with complaints. Um, the church got shot up. The bowling alley. The bowling alley shot up. What the hell's going on? Where's Jeff? And then back to the farm. Jay's not looking too good, sitting on the couch. Helen's starting to freak out. <laughs> I'll admit, I, I I laughed at that. It was her freak out was hilarious to me, and I, maybe mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm being mean, but. She's, she's like, check the windows. We already checked them, Mom. And she screams, well, check them again. She, she screams it. <laughs> it's out of nowhere. Yeah. Meanwhile, the critters are pulling a Santa Claus down the chimney and also flying through the window. And that's when Helen gets darted. Yeah, she gets shot in the stinger. Throughout all this, right before that, Brad and the sister, um, they, they, start, right, they, they start making up. They start moving things. Yeah, they like yeah. threw the couch over to try to block the door and thing. Uh, Brad's going to grab the shotgun as the critters are eating, basically eating through the couch. He accidentally trips, shoots the fan, which uh, which falls directly on one of them. Uh, it, made, it made me think of Clue. Oh, <laughs> one plus two yeah, plus okay. one plus one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another one where I was expecting, oh, oh the fan's coming down. It's going to chop it up. You know, I was expecting the fan blades to fly and yeah. hit and like but no, embed it just, themselves in the wall. It just or smashes it. Critter yeah. dead. They're all getting killed. They're getting killed somewhat accidentally on a lot of these. Yeah. I mean, other, other than the uh, the fireworks, yeah, then that's the only one. Yeah. I mean, the fireworks and, and the there's one that is shotgun blast. That was good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the, obviously, they have they, weapons. <laughs> they have weapons one. Uh, but then they, they head upstairs, and for some reason, they have a full oil lamp readily available. Again, uh, Kansas, available everywhere. <laughs> rural Kansas, 80s. Yeah, okay. Per, per, per trope, it's available everywhere. <laughs> uh, but he, they, they set one on fire, and uh, he rolls over and jumps into the toilet, which I think is a <laughs> probably a reference to ghoulies. So this is when they decide to send Brad for help, because he's the only one that hasn't been darted or hasn't been bitten or isn't April. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, they don't even consider her, do they? There's, there's our cultural sensitivity one. They didn't even, you know, allow that as an option. No. Yeah, they're gonna, we're gonna write him a strongly worded letter. <laughs> uh, so Brad goes out trying to get to his bike, and there's a crite sitting right next to him. I literally have a note that the crite sitting next to his bike like a gangster, and starts rolling after him. Well, there, and this is where we see that they're getting bigger. They're yeah. getting much, much bigger. Uh, with well, at least one is. One's getting huge. Yeah, because he's yeah he's in the chicken coop and he's looking at. You see the shadow, and the shadow is just growing. Mm-hmm. And then we have a uh, you know it's the eighties, so we gotta have a montage, and <laughs> gotta have a montage. We get a montage of the critters trash in the house, and what's fun about this is the ET doll. <laughs> ET doll. <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Who sent you? <laughs> he finally gets frustrated. Again, when, he, when did E.T. come out? When did E.T. Uh, come out? 82, 83? 82. All right. So that's, you know, that's a good four years. 
I mean, this is two years after Ghostbusters, so that was pretty quick to, to pick up on the Ghostbusters reference. Mm-hmm. But 82, yeah, four years. Definitely be a plentiful of E.T. dolls walking around. And then this is where Brad, who's, you know, escaping, he finds the bounty hunters. He stops them. Well, he, he thinks he's found the cops, hops in the yeah. back. And then all of a sudden it's like, Charlie, you're Johnny Steele. And they have a good conversation of realization. Like, you, you guys are not from around here. Yeah. Realizing that they're aliens. Yeah, and then he takes them back to the farm. Uh, we go back to the farm. Uh, and this is about the time where one of the giant ones uh, comes out of a drawer uh, to grab April. Yeah, I've actually got a, a note here. Daughter is useless. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they're <laughs> maybe they were justified in not. So we'll have to rescind that strongly worded letter. <laughs> She's just written that way. <laughs> But the, right as the uh, the family runs out of ammo and the daughter is kidnapped, the bounty hunters blast in with their uh, their, their big guns. And right about this time, the, when the sheriff shows up, yeah. the bounty hunters are just going through the house, destroying it, trying to hunt these things. Yeah, their uh, big cannons are not really effective against these tiny rolling balls. No, because they're fat. They're quick little shit. Yeah. I do see that they they did. He was able to frag the one that was in the toilet. Yep. Uh, and then uh, the sheriff comes in trying to stop him. Number two basically just throws him out the window. Yeah, they don't really uh, designate between you know people that are trying to help them and the, their their prey. They don't care. They want the money. They're probably on it. Yeah, I mean they they took Brad's help, but I mean why why throw the Harve out the window. What was? I think he was trying to stop him, wasn't he? Well, he he thought it was Charlie. Because I mean, is you're the sheriff. You walk into you're the sheriff. You know nothing about aliens at this point. You walk up to a house to two guys shooting it with true things. Then you're going to draw your gun, and yeah, and you're going to draw your gun and think, what the hell are you guys doing? You need to stop. And yeah, you got thrown through a window. They didn't kill him. They just needed him to stop. (laughs) Well, Brad collides with real Charlie out, out on the road and uh, they find the critter ship and they see the big critter dragging his sister in there. We got to the big showdown here pretty, pretty quick, actually. It was a fast movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's go, go, go. It's, 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 there's not a whole lot of filler in this movie. Every scene, just like tremors, I'll go back to tremors. Every scene means something here. And it just, it's like a, you know, the, the perfect hour and a half. Yeah, there's no no real fillers. It's pretty much uh, everything straight to the point. And again, for the '80s, good puppetry, obviously with the with the Kreitz. Uh, good. What did they call CGI before CGI? Just effects, practical effects, practical Op- effects. optic Very effects. Practical. Yeah, so I say there's there's conveniences. You know, mm-hmm. things like you know Brad having the right firecracker on him, r- Brad running into the right people at the right time. There's conveniences, but at least there's no wasted scenes of, of, of nothingness. Exactly. So now it gets to April. He pulls the dart out of her neck, which apparently um, she starts waking up almost immediately after that darts pulled. So my, and my theory is these, these darts over time keep secreting things. And as long as the darts in, that's, that's when you're knocked out. So it'd be akin to being tased, I guess. As soon as the taser <laughs> shuts off, you're not being tased in. 
I thought though. I'm sure there's some lore on the. I'm sure there's a wiki article explaining exactly how. Oh these yeah, work. yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. There's probably a, just like you know others. There's, there's probably a deep wiki and fleshed out in the in these seven sequels. Yeah, as they uh, well, Brad luckily has a gigantic firecracker on him as he sneaks onto the ship. This was that super mega black cat he was building like at the very beginning, right? That was the yep. little checkoff gun. Kind of yeah, thing. It, luckily he took it with him. I guess I don't know if that was. I don't remember seeing that when he left his room, but could have been. Yeah. Could have, could have shoved it in his pocket or something. But he narrowly escapes the ship, but he, he doesn't have a chance to light it. So now it's up to Charlie to save the day. Charlie somehow has a Molotov cocktail on him. As one, again, Kansas. <laughs> Every fine and dime. I don't know if this was supposed to be a callback to his... He, at the very beginning of the movie, he says the aliens ruined his baseball career. <laughs> I forgot about that. It, it's it's a throwaway line, and then here he he throws the malt of cocktail into the which ship. again no there's no wasted lines in this in this movie. Yeah, aside from I mean, not even the bowling tournament thing was really a throwaway because that had to do with the plot. Yeah, they because they went there. That's where they found Charlie. Exactly. So yeah, he, throw, he tosses that in the critter ship. You know, big explosion inside. So they're 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 crashing. But before they crash, they take the critter ship takes the time to blow up the farmhouse, which <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's such a dick move. Oh God! <laughs> like these poor guys, these poor this poor family, they all almost died. And you know what? Just before you know what, we're just gonna blow up your house. Here we are in the aftermath. Family cries, family hugs. Uh, Brad thanks the bounty hunters, and they they give him a card. This, this was like the one scene, though, that I remembered with the bounty hunter giving him that little card or pager or device or whatever and saying, call me. That's like the only memory that, that clicked back from my childhood of this. And it, it just made me think of Rick and Morty uh, when the, the assassin gave Morty his, his uh, business card. <laughs> I'll kill anybody. Human, you know, grandmas, children, I don't care. I just love killing. <laughs> As soon as he said that, I was like, "Then it's daylight, and the home is destroyed. Uh, luckily, the cat's alive, and the mason jars are still intact. But then the device that he had beeps. Mm-hmm. Bounty hunter game. Brad clicks it, and there's actually a pretty good scene here of of the the whole house reassembling itself. And, and I I enjoy. I don't that. know how. Obviously, this was again filmed in reverse. Yeah." But still, it always a good, always a cool trick when done right. I don't know how logically these bounty hunters would be able to do this. Is this just something that all bounty hunters carry? It's not explained at all, and it and it goes against their whole the warning at the beginning of hey, let's lay low on the collateral damage this time. So usually they just leave damage in their wake. So if they had this ability, why would they never use it? That's a good point. Yeah, if, it, if that's their mantra, it obviously explains their reasoning behind why they want to do it. And obviously because the guys help them. But also from this concept, they're doing this all over the galaxy. Their guns do a lot of damage, so they may have to undamage things quite a bit. So this just may be a standard technical item that they keep, uh, the the unfragger. Well, they're, they're also not very good bounty hunters. <laughs> Other than a few at the house, they didn't really kill many. They they saved the family, but then they they missed. They didn't do like a, a sweep and say, "Let's make sure there's no critter eggs." 
And, you know, technically, they weren't even hired as bounty hunters. They were hired as assassins. That's true. Yeah, we've been calling them bounty hunters. They were told they were they were told they're going to get paid when these things were killed. So they were they were pretty much hired at this point. <laughs> I mean, dead or dead or alive, it was was pretty much turned into just dead. Yeah, and the camera pans over, and there's some critter eggs in the barn, and and the cat in the mailbox, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't even know how to explain that one. <laughs> yeah, somehow the cat got sucked into it. And it ended up in the mailbox. So all all is right in the world. The sheriff is like, well, shit. And uh, we'll just, you know, never speak of this again. And drives away. And then uh, we have the, the critter cam pans over to the barn where we find three eggs. Setting up critters too, I'm assuming. Yeah, I have not seen any of the sequels. When, when I first watched this, like three through seven were on HBO Max. And uh, and one, but not two, bastards. And I didn't feel the need to spend four ninety nine on critters two. It was it was too too high a price. <laughs> this I can't do. So one thing I noticed in this movie was uh, there were quite a few like special effects sounds and background music that was like straight ripped from Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> more than once. Oh yeah, from the, I didn't catch that. Hunter equipment. Well, I mean, with the with the uh, you know the pin busters you know directly pulled, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they worked out a nice little deal with Ivan Reitman on that one. I want to know what happened to the Reverend. That Reverend was seen blowing up the bowling alley. It's true. Uh, yeah, if the sheriff's going to keep quiet on this because nobody's going to believe him, how does that let off Charlie, the Reverend, and well, no one really saw Charlie do anything, Jeff. Jeff's dead. Well, it's true. The Reverend's still alive. They're going to find Jeff. They saw him change into Charlie, so that's going to freak people out. I don't know. There's some damage control. It definitely needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Maybe they should have dropped off like a little Men in Black memory eraser while they were at it. (laughs) That would have been that would have been handy. Yeah, I I did see uh, some still shots from from two or three or whatever. But the the guy that plays Johnny Steele, Bounty Hunter One, does return. I guess he's a mainstay through many of the movies. He's the Bert in this case. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe he gets better at his job. And yeah, just looking looking at pictures of him now, he doesn't. He looks nothing like Johnny Steele anymore. Well, he's kind of a, a discount Bob Geldof or Tim Curry. Yeah, so yeah, he looks nothing like it. But he's uh, his top two movies uh, on, or his top three of his top four movies on IMDb are Critters. Critters, Critters Two, and Critters Four. I guess I guess three didn't make the cut. Apparently not. <laughs> was a good script. He passed. That. He passed on the script. No, he was in. He was in Critters Three. Oh, <laughs> and speaking of, uh, we do know his uh, per IMDb. Uh, we do know his name. His name was Ugg. U G. Interesting. Yeah. I, I got a question for you to to. See your comprehension and memory of the movie. All right. What was the death toll of humans? Two. Two. That's it. Jeff and Jeff and uh, Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Yep. That was. I mean, for a, an '80s horror movie, that's a pretty low. I mean, number. granted, and and then granted, like I remember loving like the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, and a lot of those through the '80s had maybe a death toll of three. Really? Yeah. 
I, I, thought, they, I thought he kind of cut through a group of kids. The first, the then, first two were higher, and then like three, four, and five, and maybe even six. I think the death toll was always three. I think that was kind of a running thing with them for a while. Yeah, that series peaked at Dream Masters. That was three, wasn't it? Yeah, I that think was the one so. With Patricia Arquette. Uh, I just I've always enjoyed three. I, I just the the characters were more fun. The guy that thinks he's a dungeon master and stuff. I just I enjoyed that. Yeah, the wizard. <laughs> the wizard, wizard guy yeah. in the wheelchair. <laughs> oh, please tell me. I I'll, I will have a field day if we did. We put Nightmare on Elm Street on here. I don't know. It was a, it's a long series, so we have we have the original Nightmare on Elm Street listed. The original. Uh, we, we might take some uh, creative. Uh, Maybe we'll do an audible at Halloween. Yeah. Do Dream Masters. <laughs> I think my favorite was always four. Which one was four? Uh, the Dream Warrior. Dream Warriors? I think. Or Dream Warrior. I, I don't know. I did enjoy the meta one that they did later. The, like New Nightmare or something where... Dream... No, Dream... I'm sorry. Elm Street 4 is the Dream Master. Elm Street 3 is the Dream Warriors. But that... I think that's the one with the kid in the wheelchair that wanted to be the wizard. Yeah, well, they're, they're, in a, they're in a mental home. That was the one in the that was the one that with Lawrence Fishburne. Was he in that? Yes. Uh in Elm Street oh. 3. He was a he was uh one of the nurses at the Orderly? Him and Patricia Arquette. Okay. And then number four was yeah. the blonde, the the blonde from number three carried over with a different albeit with a different actress in number four. And we got a new main character, Alice. And then number five was Alice, and then number six was Alice, I think. Crazy. Anyway, so I mean, there are, uh, as far as tropes in this movie, there were two that I got written down. Like, one was the obvious: nobody believes the crazy guy who thinks aliens are coming, who turns out to be one hundred percent correct. Yep. Uh, and then uh, we had the the Chekhov's gun trope with the super ultra black cat that he was building at the very beginning, which doesn't necessarily conform to the Chekhov's gun rule. Oh, I think it does. You show it in the first act, it's got to be used in the third. It's, yeah. it's the first act, the second act. That's, that's why. If you, show, if you show a gun in act one, it must be used by act two. I, think. Uh, I, thought, I thought it was act three. But we'll I don't know. I'll have to look at that. I think it's, I think it's sequential act. Oh. But no, either no. way, again, that's, that's literally no, the law. I'll, I'll say, yeah, check off fireworks. Yeah. I mean, it, it, for, for me, I had the, uh, the door that automatically locked when they left the, the house. Uh, yeah. And then the the horror trope of you know the phones are dead, electricity's cut. Phones are dead, electricity's out, can't see anything. Oh, I do have a note here. Um, Grover's Bend is a nod to War of the Worlds from Orson Welles, uh, the oh. the original radio broadcast where those aliens landed in a Grover's Mill. Ah, there we go. So that's where that came from. And then Grover's Mill is actually. There's a town of Grover's Mill in New Jersey. Which is where War of the Worlds. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's that's uh, that was the whole thing. You know, a, a handful of people thought it was real, which is fun to listen to. It's on YouTube, the original radio yes. broadcast. It is fun. Oh, yeah, I've, I've heard it. Uh, it that always reminded me. Do you ever see the movie? Um, God, what was the name of that stupid movie? Uh, it was a it was a movie about Martians coming uh but they landed in kansas and they heard like the martians were like trying to uh, 
trying to go on vacation or just accidentally crashed or something. <laughs> and they heard War of, the, War of the Worlds being broadcast on this Halloween night tradition thing and thought their people were invading Earth. So they flew down to Earth. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't ever heard of that. Oh, what a Space that Invaders. Is. That's the name of the movie. I would highly recommend that. It's, it's hilarious. I've heard of it. I mean, in not the video game, you know, Space Invaders. But, uh, uh, oh, I've, uh, yeah, Space Invaders. It stars Ariana Richards, the girl from Jurassic Park. Uh, Unix so girl? This is a Unix system chick. Uh, or or yeah. a Pogo Stick girl from Tremors. Yes, thank you. So, yeah. <laughs> much younger. This was uh, 1990. Yeah, War of the Worlds always reminded me of that. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much most of them. Uh, all the notes that I really have on this, the obviously rabbit hole here would be to watch the remaining movies and see what they did with the storyline and if they expanded the lore or anything on it. You got to imagine that they, they would have to. And, and hopefully in a, in a good way, not in like a Highlander way where it you know took a nosedive. Hopefully it's like Tremors where they just kept the critters would, I would assume keep getting bigger and more intelligent and, you know, more destructive and more deadly. Uh, from an alternate perspective, this is the idea that I got. Is I'm thinking uh, bounty hunter, buddy cop. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I was just looking real quick at the the the, the other critters uh, box art, and because uh, like you know, the, remember we talked about the Tremors saga where they had this fantastic art on every single sequel. These aren't as good. They're all just no. basically a, a face of the critter. They're basically the same thing. Yep. Yeah. These are all kind of pretty lame. And they and from what I can see, they don't really have the the fun subtitles that Trevor's had. <laughs> Holy shit, Critters 3 stars Leonardo DiCaprio. What? Yeah. All right. We <laughs> all right. Uh, that's on the list then. <laughs> wow. I have to I have to watch this now. Leonardo DiCaprio. Wow. Maybe that's why it's left off of Terrence Mann's IMDB. That's one of those that they want to they want to <laughs> suppress. Leo said, get it, get it off the internet. <laughs> or he didn't want to be upstaged. I will not accept my Oscar unless you scrub Critters 3 from the internet. Yeah, he, didn't, he didn't want to be upstaged. <laughs> uh, yeah, movie from an alter perspective. Um, I, I actually don't have any good answers for any of the questions, so I'm kind of winging these. But with any horror movie that turns into a comedy, I would have liked to have seen a darker version maybe from the perspective of, of the, the critters. I mean, I think yeah. that would be fun. Um, or, or maybe the perspective of uh, the warden, you know, I don't know, so, something a little more to find out about these, the, the backstory of them. And again, yeah. like I said, the, the lore maybe, might be maybe we need a prequel. Why were they arrested? You know, that's, you know, that sort of thing. Well, I think we could probably well, guess they were they eating everything. Yeah. <laughs> And then it being set in the eighties, uh, if this were if this movie were set now, obviously with cell phones, sure power power can still go out, but home telephones not going to be a thing. Maybe maybe in super rural Kansas, but people are still going to have a cell phone. I, I think this is right for a remake and with modern technology. You know, cell phones out there, and oh yeah, you know some some idiot trying to do a you know. Hey, uh, try, trying to do a TikTok with this weird creature, and then it gets eaten. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Everybody, everybody sees it. They just flip out their phones and try to record it, and you end up with a bunch of TikTok videos of people being killed. I'm here for the crites, and then 
someone holds up a TikTok video. You mean these guys? <laughs> what in the hell? Take me there. That's on the other side of the country, man. Like, man, I don't have the gas for that. Bus station's down there, bro. <laughs> I was going to say, would this movie be appropriate for, uh, for my kids? Currently, no. Uh, I did not show it to them. But uh, from the same age that I watched it, you know, it's... <sighs> You know, this is the hypocrite in me because I saw it when I was, you know, seven or eight, but that's my kid's age now. And I'm saying no. Because you know better. Yeah. And yeah. that's more just from the gut, the blood and the gore kind of thing. And, and but also I don't want to, I don't want to answer questions. My son is very into plot holes and asking <laughs> why. And, and uh, oh, yeah. I, I don't want to deal with that. That's a good point. Little kid's. Re- reading Harry Potter and he's pointing out plot holes that are explained later. And I'm like, ah, uh, just read the next chapter. Never mind that. Huh? <laughs> oh, do you think that, uh, uh, from my experience, just with the 14 year old nephew, um, I would say the movie doesn't really hold up at least as its original intention today as being a horror movie. It definitely holds up as a comic. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I thought it was pretty fun. I was, I was entertained. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I think that it was meant to be a horror movie, but then throughout the the making of it, and just with with a villain like this, how could it not be a horror comedy? And I would say this movie is definitely for anybody who is reminiscent of the the wonderful '80s horror movie genre. Mm-hmm. This would be a, this is a great movie that everybody should watch. Those good old cheap VHS ones, just 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 for a fun hour and a half. Oh, so, uh, I mean, what are your final thoughts on this one? Uh, it's fun. That, that's the best way to describe it. Uh, j- just right in there with Tremors. It's just, it's fun. Like I said, there's a lot of, a lot of conveniences that they could have explained a little better or, or maybe, mm-hmm. you know, added 10 minutes here or there to explain the conveniences. But, but overall it was, it was well-written. It was fun and, you know, not a wasted scene. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty much right there with you. It, it was a really scary, funny movie. Scary as in that's, that may be what they intended. This to be a little scary, more for the 80s. Definitely not scary now. But uh, there's a lot of, so many similarities with Tremors, as we keep bringing up, as I put it right along there. I, I personally prefer Tremors yeah. more than Critters, but... It's still right up there. It's still well, fun, and I think, fun. and and I, I I fully agree there. And I think that has to do with Kevin Bacon um, and the guy that played Fred Fred Ward, yeah. And and then and then Burt Gummer. You know those those three, you know, keep you involved in that movie. Whereas here, you pretty much just, just got Scott Grimes. Yeah, Scott Grimes and the Bounty Hunters. Billy Zane could have tapped in if he was cast as as the father instead of the boyfriend or something or. Or maybe one of the bounty hunters. Billy Zane as Johnny Steele. There we go. He already had the ponytail for it. You know he can do the hair. <laughs> the I can see that. <laughs> ponytail looked terrible. <laughs> I, I wonder if that was a, a movie choice or he just kind of showed up with a ponytail and they're like rolling. He just, he just showed up on set with a ponytail and they're like, well, we're not going to tell Billy Zane to cut his hair. So uh, I'm going to throw this to you first. Who do you want to recommend for the Hall of Fame from Critters? Oh, man. Um, I mean, this is a tough one because I'm, I'm on the fence between Scott Grimes and Billy Zane. 
I mean, I, I just want to nominate Billy Zane as long as we put up a photo with him at the ponytail. <laughs> oh, that's, that's what I really want to do. Well, with, with only that, two deaths in the whole movie, his was great. I yes. mean, your fingers are bitten and off. He, he runs into the wall of the barn and then gets his guts eaten out by a bunch of critters. I mean, that's the way to go. I mean, I'm not, I'm leaning, I got to lean towards Billy Zane. I was torn the same on you because uh, because Scott Grimes really does carry the whole movie. He's the heart and soul of the family. He is the savior of the family. Uh, he's he's the misunderstood kid. Uh, bit of a recluse on the pyro side, but it ends up saving the day. But Billy Zane had a ponytail. <laughs> 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 so I'm going to throw my vote in with Billy Zane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, have, we have a gentleman's agreement congratulations billy zane the newest member of the cinema decon hall of fame not for titanic not for tombstone <laughs> not for zoolander for critters <laughs> not for phantom obviously oh, i forgot about the phantom <laughs> yeah i worked in the theater when that came out we all got rings <laughs> Phantom. I gotta watch it again. That should be it. Phantom should be on our list, man. Pretty sure I never watched it again after the burn of the theater. <laughs> so now's the time in our show where we rank the movie based on our fan review, uh, while also adding in the IMDb rating. It's a ten-point scale. And the average will put the movie on our mega list. For me. Uh, like I said, I, I like this movie. It obviously doesn't really stand up uh, as far as overall quality, but it's a great throwback movie if you're in the mood to watch, uh, and for lack of a better term, a cheesy 80s horror film, quote-unquote horror. Um, I, I gave it a uh, uh, five and a half. That's low. That's, the, uh, that's a little lower than mine. Uh, I agree with you. As far as everything you said, it's it's a, a good 80s throwback movie. It's a it's a fun hour and a half. It's not fine cinema. This this is not you know, <laughs> the godfather here. I, I gave it a six. So I, I haven't dipped into the fives yet, but all right. And then we were both low uh, uh according to the critters uh or according to the IMDB number. What's IMDB? Uh, IMDb sits at 6.1 right now with 35,000 votes. Well, this does put it at number 11 on our list, our lowest, below Hackers, 5.7. So I've, I've seen our list. We can do worse. We can definitely <laughs> do worse. <laughs> so it's not going to remain. It's not going to remain at the bottom okay, for all the, the critter loyal fan base. <laughs> Trust me, we can do oh my. But this is our first one out of uh, the top 10. So yeah, you knew it was always going to happen at some point. Well, wait. Yeah, I guess if you're not counting the – this is technically our 11th movie, so something yes. had to be out of the top 10. <laughs> yeah, something was going to get pushed <laughs> just out. simple math. <laughs> I mean, I, I know genius here, but, you know, the, the carry the one is to X and the, the two is the Y. Pretty sure <laughs> one of the 11 movies has to be out of the top 10. It's still horseshit that Three Amigos has a 6.5 on IMDb. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a smear campaign. That's that's blasphemy. Yeah. Right. Speaking of strongly worded letters, I'm not the right one on that one. So media pitch, Aaron. Uh, do you have anything you want to recommend to our listeners that you are watching, I do. listening, doing anything these I days? I do. This is a show that I started watching about a week ago. It's been one that uh, everybody, including you, have been telling me that I need to watch. Uh, it's basically been described as Sons of Anarchy for Cowboys. I'm sure everybody has heard about it. It's called Yellowstone, starring Kevin Costner. When I first heard about the show, I was like, eh, Kevin Costner, cowboy TV show. I didn't think it was going to be interesting. It wasn't until multiple people described it to me as Sons of Anarchy with Cowboys, which Sons of Anarchy is one of my favorite shows. And I will attest, it is Sons of Anarchy with Cowboys. It's a great show. Um, it is a little slower than Sons of Anarchy, but that's fine. It, I mean, it's the, it's basically the, the last remnants of the Wild West uh, up it, in, in the middle of nowhere. There's a prequel market. out now, too, with Sam Elliott. And, uh, yes, and I've been told that I should at least fit, go through season four before worrying about going to the prequel show 1883. Uh, so I am in the, I just started season three. Uh, season uh, up through season two was just epic. So I would highly recommend Yellowstone if anybody has not watched that. I actually haven't watched it yet, uh, but my entire family has, keeps recommending it too. Uh, my brother Tony is a big fan. And uh, uh, because I don't have Paramount Plus yet, so I haven't haven't done that. So it, it stars Kevin Costner. One of the other stars of it is Cole Hauser, who is a spitting it. Tony is a spitting image of Cole Hauser in this movie or in this show. Oh, really? I swear to God. I, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, holy shit, it's your brother. <laughs> Crazy. So for mine, uh, I've, I've gone back and forth uh, because it's been a couple months since we uh, you know, last met and, and everything. I actually, I, I almost went with uh, Encanto, the, the new Disney movie, which is earworms in my head as far as the music. Music's really good in it, but that's not my recommendation. My recommendation is going to be Dark, and it's a show on Netflix. Oh, I have heard good things about that one. Uh, I, I came across this show uh, based off our, our Instagram account. Some of the uh, uh, people that follow us recommended recommended that, and um, uh, f- finally convinced my wife to watch it. And it's it's in German, but it's it's dubbed kind of the same way Squid Game was, and it's dubbed very well. You don't mm-hmm. even notice that it's dubbed, but this is a really is there's three seasons and it's done. So it's three three seasons all on Netflix. And it is, I would, the best way I can describe it is uh, if Stephen King made a Twin Peaks and Fringe combined movie or TV show, it is hmm. nuts. Um, it's got, right. it's got time travel. It's got all, all it's really hard to explain, but it, you've got this. I'm adding. All right. You got this German small town next to a nuclear power plant, and there's some time travel involved, and there's you know the small town with secrets. Everyone's got secrets, and it really sucks you in. And since everything's out there, you can binge all three seasons quite quickly. Dark on Netflix. Yes. Yeah. All right. I'm adding that to the queue. Boom. Okay. Now it is time to spin the wheel and see what we are watching next. Actually. There will be no spinning of the wheel this time as we have our first paid movie request. That's right. 
Our next episode comes from fan of the show, Levi, who wants to hear us ramble about 1991's The Last Boy Scout. Oh, it's been a while since I've seen that one. Bruce Willis and uh, Damon Wayans. Yeah. Uh, God, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. I do remember it fondly, though. I just don't remember much. And Bud from our Top 5 Villains episode had that villain in his top five. So I'm, I'm looking true. forward to re- revisiting this one. Very true. This will be good. Thank you, Levi. Uh, we'll hopefully uh, make it a good episode for you. And to anyone else out there that wants to uh, request a movie, you can go to cinemadecon.com and find our movie requests button there for a small donation. Because a roll is a roll. And it's totally <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I wrote that. <laughs> we ain't got no rolls because we ain't got no tolls. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, that's all for this episode. Thank you for listening, and we hope you stay with us through this little experiment. What did you think of Critters? Let us know on our socials, and we'll be sure to tell you how wrong you are. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And now Spotify allows you to rate and review podcasts also. Check out our website in the show notes to see the full list of movies we'll be covering and our rankings thus far. And you can check us out on our Patreon, where we'll try to post some outtakes before the final cut. We'll see you next time on Cinema Decon. A podcast from the Sidereal Media Group. Back to you, anchors.